Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast within the Pigskin Podcast Network. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. And Kyle, with that being said, uh, lots of different news, some news that wasn't even news uh i'm gonna start though with the super bowl because i know this is kind of the weird week where it's between the super bowl actually starting mm-hmm. uh, you got the pro bowl uh but really it's just there's a lot of anticipation for the super bowl and and i think that just want to highlight that uh kyle has officially predicted that he predicted that the rams that was your super bowl pick right that was like you picked them to go there but also yep. to win win the whole yep. thing and yep. uh, they are looking very good. Uh, and then we get Cincinnati on the other side. And I know that I had picked them as kind of my fan vote for the AFC, not mm-hmm. really expecting them to do a whole lot. Um, but yep. they they have found a way to get there and, and took down the homes and the Chiefs. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a really good finals. Like I, obviously, it would be fun to see Mahomes go against that Rams defense and all that would come with that. But I, uh, I'm all aboard the Cincinnati train. I, uh, so I feel like I, like, all right, I picked, picked the Rams. A lot of people did. And I feel happy with that, that, you know, they got a shot to win this. And, um, but man, I did not see the Bengals coming. I just had no, you know, if you could go back in time and say, will they even get past the first round? Say, yeah, probably not. You know, maybe they will because they're, you know, playing the Raiders or whatever. But like, yeah, probably not. But man, they have, they have surprised me. And then the takedown Kansas City. And then the way they did that coming back, sensational. Like, I, I don't know how they'll match up against that Rams defensive line with Von Miller and uh, uh, Floyd and, and Aaron Donald. I just think they're going to be in tough. But I've thought they've been in tough this whole playoffs. So what do I know? So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. Well, if anything, some, there's some uh, hope for Vikings fans that you don't really need to have a great offensive line. Uh, I know. I've seen some people comment on that. Yeah. To be able to do that. And like, yeah. I, Joe, Joe Burrow, like watching him, like we, we saw him week one uh, against the Vikings and like, yeah, it's a good team. He played well. This is his first game since coming back from that injury. Um, yeah, exactly. But man, like I, um, it, he's just a gutsy performer. And I think that there is aspects yep. of that with Kirk Cousins in some ways and, and that, but it is just like, yeah. The, <laughs> Again, like you're never going to have a fully formed football team. You're going to have weaknesses, and yep. the Bengals have figured out how to do it despite their weaknesses. And um, yeah. so, so I, you know what? Hope for like the Vikings that like you're gonna you're gonna have problems, and you just it's about adapting around those. So, really looking forward to it. I know you're you're sticking with the Rams. I'm I'm assuming, of course, um, yeah, of course. And yeah. uh, I'm cheering for Cincy. I again, Cincinnati has to be the underdogs going into oh, this yeah yeah, yeah. Um, for sure but they've 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 embraced that so far and um yeah hope hope that they can they can pull it off so yeah um lots of fun we'll i guess we'll uh on next pod potentially hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about that post uh, mm-hmm. post super bowl um some 
I know we've the last two episodes we've talked a little bit about the offense and then the defense. And today we want to talk about the special teams. Um, so just kind of setting the stage for that. But I also know that uh, the last time we we talked, uh, we got uh, Quasi Adofu Mensa coming in as the GM. And we had just talked a little bit about some uncertainty with the head coach position and uh, lots of news since we last talked. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's name come out, comes out, um, ends up not, I guess, not really being a non-story because it, it was significant. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it does seem like the Vikings have their guy now, uh, despite the fact that we're probably not going to get an official announcement for um, a week at this point. I, we're we're recording Friday morning again. Um, this come out Monday, but it, it does sound like until the Super Bowl happens and until the Rams lose to Cincinnati, uh, we're not going to get the news of uh, of the official Vikings head coach here. You know, I. You know, it took me a moment to to uh, to press this there. Yeah, when the Rams lose, and then we'll see. You know, when I think of an offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, I always think of Kyle Shanahan and the Atlanta Falcons, and just um, him, obviously, and and understandably being so heartbroken that the Patriots came back. Uh, but in any case, yeah, it's it's going to we're going to have to wait till post Super Bowl because Kevin O'Connell is still under contract, and the Rams haven't released him from that contract, so he still obviously has work to do. And hopefully our new head coach will have a Super Bowl on his resume. And uh, there's something to be said for that, right, of, of bringing a team, helping to bring a team to the Super Bowl, understanding what that feels like, understanding the pressure that comes with it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Jim Harbaugh news was disappointing in one sense in that there seemed to be so much momentum for it. Uh, but he's a challenging personality. Like, I think he's extremely gifted. But I also think he can be extremely challenging at times, which oftentimes extraordinary people can be difficult to interact with because they're extraordinary. So I don't know what happened behind closed doors. What I will say, the Vikings general manager, not general manager, the Vikings organization has gotten some uh, criticism because they haven't allowed their general manager to hire his guy. So the assumption has been that Quasio Dofomensa was a Harbaugh guy, wanted to hire him. They got these connections going back even to Stanford. They both have connections to Stanford and then San Francisco, obviously. Um, you know, and he, so he wanted Harbaugh and then the, the organization wasn't behind it. And so they're kind of undermining their GM right from the get-go. That's kind of one of the narratives that's out there. And that might be true, I suppose. It's hard to say without being in the building, but, you know, one thing that uh, Adolfo Mensa mentioned repeatedly in his open press conference was he is... A consensus builder his his job isn't to uh kind of like rule with an iron fist no his job is to yeah he's going to lead yeah he has a lot of authority but he wants to build consensus through the ranks and he wants to uh, have everybody on board with decisions and feel good about these decisions and move forward in that manner so this doesn't really seem to be inconsistent with what he laid out initially uh even though you'd like to say like of course you want your head coach and your general manager to be on the same page and to be of the same vision and perspective. And maybe he felt that way with Harbaugh, but hopefully he still feels that way with Kevin O'Connell. And, you know, it's entirely possible that um, Kevin O'Connell is the right move in the end. I don't know if he will be or not, because I don't know enough about him. Uh, obviously, he's a McVeigh uh, apprentice or disciple, however you want to phrase that. But he's also worked for Jay Gruden. Uh, I think he also worked for Chip Kelly, I think. He's got, and then Mike Patton. So he's got a few other coaching connections. He's been to a few different spots. He was an offensive coordinator in Washington. Uh, I think he was previously with the Browns, I believe. And I think previously also with 
uh, one other team that escapes me right now. But in any case, he's got a little bit of experience. He was a former third round pick. He was a quarterback. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. He seems like he's a sharp guy. I mean, no one, no one who gets hired for coach is like a total idiot. You know, everyone has to have a certain degree of intelligence. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I probably would have been more excited if it had been Harbaugh, just because we know that history of high-level performance. But um, Kevin O'Connell looks like the man. But as we saw with Harbaugh, so many people were saying, oh, it's a done deal with Harbaugh. And then it was not a done deal. And so now we're saying it's a done, done, done deal with Kevin O'Connell. And we know that officially it's not. So we'll just see. We got a, we got a week and change before we actually get the official hire and strange things happen. So we'll see. Yeah. That's a good point. I um, like, I was talking to you this week is I found, I find, I found it very confusing to actually track news right now because a lot of people have yeah. said it's a done deal. It's not. And like, at this point, like I'm not, I'm not counting on anything until the Vikings Twitter account actually tweets it out. Um, exactly. Like exactly. even like before at times I thought Adam Scheffner, like if he has it, Sarah, and like we've been proven a few times now that that's, that's not the case. And it's hard to like really mm-hmm. know. And, and for whatever reason, sometimes people want to be first to the punch um, and it feels like it's all going there. And it's not so, like I said, it sounds like Kevin O'Connell's the, the guy and we'll find out soon enough. Um, it is interesting right at this stage. I think there's almost this little bit of like talking ourselves down, like, because there's a lot of excitement about Harbaugh and like you, I think yes. you, you like were honest, like he would have been a great, great hire and it would have been hard to be disappointed with the news if it came like, it just like, it seemed like a, a fantastic option. Like, Hey, this guy wants to come to the Vikings. Like that was a win. Um, and we can kind of go through this classic process of talking ourselves down after like, well, it could have been this and this, but I think it's fair, right? There certainly could have been concerns, could have been problems. Uh, and in some ways with the way that the Vikings organization uh, has been thus far, I, um, I think there's still some reason for optimism that, like you said, like obviously Harbaugh's resume is different than O'Connell's at this point, uh, yep. but who's the right person for the job at this point um, and for where this Vikings team is. And um, right. We're going to find out. So we will. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we will. Yep. Don't get to do a whole lot at this point. Um, good. Well, I know there's some other coaching shiftings that have happened, but um, I do want to focus on the the special teams and, and talk about where a little bit of a recap of where the Vikings team uh, was, what the season that was, but also looking forward. And I know special teams is a little bit limited in some ways in that uh, they're only on the field for, for so much, uh, but they have a massive impact on the team. And I think, we saw even a little bit of the the contrast of that between uh, the Viking special teams the year before versus the special teams in this 2021 season. So I guess for you, uh, I'm curious, like um, obviously the punter and the kicker are two of the, the big, big names for the special teams. Um, what did you see this year? And I guess, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to for the season to come? Before getting to the Vikings, Sam's point about how they're not on the field for a lot of time, but they do make a massive impact. Packers were the top team in the NFC, and they've got probably the MVP this season. And they've got elite players. All David Bakhtiari is an elite player. I know he's coming off injury, but they got those elite pass rushers. They've got you know Aaron Jones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's the special teams. You know, and I get like the offense didn't do a ton, right? Like there were other reasons but the special teams let them down so yes they have an 
incredibly huge, you know, just massive importance, especially in the playoffs when the games tighten up. You just can't have those critical mistakes that are so hard to overcome. And so, yes, um, I was just writing with Greg Joseph. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, he finished the year with the 18th best field goal percentage and 22nd best um, point after attempt percentage. And so those numbers aren't elite by any means, but he was also making less than $800,000 fully. And it wasn't guaranteed. There was no guaranteed money at all is, um, you know, they could have fully cleared that money if they decided to cut him. So he was making, you know, bottom money, right? Barely any money at all compared to a lot of folks in the NFL. And he did pretty well. And then partner that with the fact that he went seven for nine from 50 plus. So he's got a pretty big leg and, and not just that, but, uh, you know, it's not just the, the distance, but the fact that he actually hit a lot of these kicks. And then he was actually fifth in the NFL, I believe, just over 80% when it comes to touchbacks. And so just kind of booting it through the end zone. Um, clearly, that's what the special teams wanted to do a fair bit this year. And so almost 81%, I think, at the time, uh, he was able to get the touchback. So now, all you know, you kind of add in the caveat in the sense that, you know, the Vikings play in a dome. It's not like they play at Soldier Field in Chicago or, or Lambeau where the conditions get messy late in the year and it's outside. So he has a, those controlled conditions more than a lot of kickers. But even still... Uh, I think it'd be fair to say that he played pretty good uh, and I would be very open. In fact, I'd be in favor of bringing him back provided yeah. it's on the right deal. Uh, so something in the range of one to 2 million a year kind of thing would be uh, kind of like lower mid tier in terms of kickers in the NFL, according to over the cap. So I would, you know, it's like a middle class ish kind of salary, lower middle class salary. And I think that sounds about right for Greg Joseph with um, maybe some incentives in there. And so I would be in favor of bringing him back. Uh, and maybe most importantly, everyone's going to think of the Arizona miss, right? In, in week two, we lost the game, 38-yarder. Man, that sucked. And it did suck. But he vowed after that game, he said, uh, I'm not going to let this define me. And this is not going to be my season. And I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to be better. This will not be it for me. And true to his word. And so give the dude credit, right? And we forget, you know, we lost the Cincinnati game in week one, but he drilled one at the end of regulation to send it to overtime in the first place. And then he won the game against Detroit with a long kick. And then he won the game against Green Bay. It was a shorter kick, but he still did it. So he's got some mental toughness. He's got a strong leg. And, you know, I'm, I'm good with bringing him back. Like, I, I think Greg Joseph can help us win. Yeah, I don't know absolutely. if you have any strong feelings. Yeah, I like I and this is good. I I realize I kind of framed it to you. I gave you the whole special teams, and I think it's good to focus on the kicking and then can talk about the punting. And um, yeah, like to hear you talk about those stats at the very start, I'm like, oh, okay, like it's not great. And I think it's like in some ways, um, what I'm hearing you say is, is you're certainly not married to the guy. Like you're not like won't be no. crushed if if he leaves. But but I think no. that what you mentioned and. and a lot of kicking, obviously you want someone that's consistent, but I would, and we talked about this even before the season started um, about the consistency. And like, I, I guess for me, when I look back on the season, I obviously remember the, the miss um, mm -hmm. we too, yep. but other than that, like I remember a couple extra points that were missed, but I don't remember any kicks that were missed that were crucial to the Vikings winning or losing at, at the moment. Like you mentioned the kicks that he made um, to win the games. There's a few that he did that were clutch in terms of tying games. 
Um, like those are the moments that you really need your kicker to step up. And so obviously the stats could have been better. Um, you, you certainly hope for that, but overall I would like, I would have given him just an above, like above average grade in terms of like what you're expecting for from a, a kicker. Um, and watching the name escapes me, the kicker from from last year, um, the Vikings had. Oh, Bailey, Dan Bailey. Bailey. I thought, okay, I yeah. thought it was Dan Bailey. Um, like, it got really bad at the end of, of last season. It did. It was ugly. And um, so in that way, sometimes it's like you, you're comparing the two, and, and so obviously you're going to feel better. Um, but agreed, I would be all in favor of, of bringing Joseph back, unless there's a better option. Um, right. Yeah, so, I mean, like, look – if the Baltimore Ravens call you and say, we're looking to get rid of Justin Tucker, which they're not, they're not, they're not looking to do that. But if they say that and you say, oh, you'd be a fool not to, you know, bring in the game's best kicker, like a historically great uh, field goal kicker. Like, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't bring him in, but it doesn't seem to me that those options are going to be available in a sense. And so uh, I'm, I'm okay with, I'm okay with like a, a modest deal. One that, uh, rewards him in a sense of like it's definitely a pay raise and maybe it's even over a couple of years kind of thing but um, heavy on incentives perhaps relatively speaking and uh, and then bring in competition I I don't like I don't know a thing about coaching an NFL football team but if I was coaching an NFL football team I would ensure there's always two kickers in my training camp uh, because so much of it it's not even an issue of physical abilities it's mental right it's having that confidence and that resilience to go out there and everything's isolated on you it's like being a closer in baseball right and uh so like i kind of want the kicker to always feel a certain degree of pressure right leading up to the season and then be able to overcome it and win the job because in the regular season they're gonna have to feel that pressure and still perform And, and so to my mind even if you have justin tucker i bring in somebody and and have a competition even if i'm 99.9 percent certain that i know who the starting kicker will be so that, that's my perspective, and I, I would bring back Joseph, provided there is competition and provided the numbers make sense. Yeah. Um, so question for you, as, as you watch this playoffs um, and you see Evan McPherson from Cincinnati, yeah, a fifth-round pick, like uh, obviously that is a little bit of an unconventional move um, for an organization to draft a kicker there. Um, say you, you have the chance for an Evan McPherson-type uh, are you okay with the Vikings taking a fifth round pick and, and choosing a kicker? Here's where Sam's showing a bit of his noobishness with being a Vikings fan in that it was only a few seasons ago when the Vikings did precisely this with Daniel Carlson, right? Bringing him in fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken, really talented kid. And he's with, uh, I was going to say the Oakland Raiders, but with the Las Vegas Raiders now and doing an excellent job. Like he is an excellent, excellent kicker. Looks to be the solution there for many, many years. But he came in and he, uh, in that week two loss, or rather tie actually to the Packers, he missed several kicks and a couple of them were really short. And so Vikings fans would be really wary of spending a fifth on a kicker. McPherson has done wonderful, uh, same I'm saying. And like it really worked out. Uh, when the Vikings tried that a few years ago, it went poorly. And the crazy thing is that deciding to cut him, you know, a few years on the road, you know, at the time we kind of said like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the Vikings are all in this season. We need to actually have somebody who's steady who can do the job right now. Right. But if we had more patience, 
we wouldn't be having this Greg Joseph discussion. We would have one of the league's preeminent uh, kickers and, and maybe, you know, kind of the next great one in a sense of, you know, I mean, I don't know where Carlson's career will end up, but he's very good already and he's quite young. And uh, so we have kind of tried that. Did you remember Carlson when you were asking the question? Well, I knew about, I didn't know about the fifth round pick. I knew that he was a Vikings kicker. I didn't, I hadn't remembered that he was a a fifth round pick. Um, Like you said, there's some patience, but like, I, um, I don't know. I just, I always love athletes with swagger. And I don't know if you saw the Joe Burrows interview where he talked about McPherson's kind of comment that he made uh, before he went out and and hit that field goal against uh, Tennessee. No, I didn't. You didn't. Anyways, I'm sure some people know it. Some people don't. He just was practicing his his um, his kicks on the on the sideline before he went out, and apparently he just kind of did this lean back, and and he, he looked at the backup quarterback and he said, "Looks like we're going to the AFC Championship." Before he actually hit the field goal uh, and That's went great. out and it, and like I just I love um, I love moments like that. I love um, the confidence of of kickers like that, and so if you can get something like that, I'm I'm all in for that. Um, yeah, true enough. True enough. So. I like I don't know how much there is really to talk about the the punting side of uh of special teams. I think that like we saw a little bit of what it seemed like maybe a lateral move at the start of the season with Colquitt's gone and then Barry coming in. Um yep. <clears throat> I thought he did quite well. Um yep. I don't know if there's anything you want to add on on that because I also do uh in wrapping up I want to talk a little about the impact of of uh Brian Ficken leaving. <laughs> yeah, so not too much to say about Jordan Barry. Uh, other than like obviously um field position matters <laughs> and so like you know having someone who can do a good job and consistently do a good job like you really probably want consistency out of that punter position um just like you wanted that of every position but um that seems to be kind of like one of the main things there and i think jordan Berry did pretty well but again i wouldn't be shy about bringing in competition uh, and i wouldn't be shy about like you know bring back Barry because I do think he did a pretty good job uh but again competition Com- competition is what I would emphasize with that so that that'd be my my kind of one thing there um and then yeah Ryan Ficken what, what are you thinking there yeah I just like I I think that we would you would like at least from my perspective you look back on the season and feel like the Viking special teams certainly didn't feel like a weakness at all um, no coverage seemed no. good uh punting seemed good kicking seemed good and so I don't know if you like seeing I guess what I'll say is like I saw Kubiak has has left for another position um Mm -hmm. but I think that for me the when I saw the news about Fickens going to um to the Chargers that was kind of the one news I was like oh maybe that hurts but but I wonder if you have a different perspective it does hurt because because he's a really good coach and he's really highly regarded in the organization. So it's not just that. So the Clint Kubiak is gone. Uh, Ryan Ficken is gone. And it's a lateral move. Andrew Janoka was gone, who I was saying was a candidate to be offensive coordinator, but he's gone to be um, against a lateral move in Chicago quarterback coach. Phil Rauscher is gone, our O-line coach. And again, it's a lateral move to do the same job with the Bills. And so I was, uh, you know, I, I was discouraged by this and that. You know, Janoko and Ficken especially are two young guys, really well-respected. And you're kind of thinking, like, these dudes can be part of the solution in Minnesota. Uh, 
but Ben Gosling, who to, I'm sure I mentioned this before, I, I think he's one of the best out there in terms of Vikings guys, Vikings writers. He sent out a tweet where he mentioned that, you know, yes, it's lateral moves and it's discouraging, but this is basically the ownership doing right by their coaching staff because the coaching staff has to wait until after the Super Bowl, presumably for Kevin O'Connell to be hired. And then from there, there's no guarantee that he's going to be like Ryan Ficken, for instance, or Janoko, for instance, there's no guarantee they'll be on O'Connell's staff. And so if they get fired at that point, and then most of the positions are already filled, you know, where does that leave these dudes? And so by allowing them to, you know, interview for and be hired by like releasing them from their contracts and being able to go to these other spots, this is just the ownership doing right by their, their guys. And so it sucks because you, you always want to keep your talent, you know, especially kind of young up and coming guys, uh, you know, who could be part of the solution? And Ficken did a great job with special teams. You know, Andrew Janoko is a great coach. Um, so it's it's disappointing, but in a sense, you give respect to the ownership for doing right by their employees. 100%. I, it is like you want to create, you're creating a culture, right? And part of that is like wanting Precisely. people to bring in, uh, like people wanting to come in, but also recognizing that if they have opportunities, you're not going to hold them hostage. Um, Precisely. And so it's, like, it's a marker of a healthy organization yeah, yeah. and that will pay dividends down the road. Yeah. You're potentially going to lose good people. Um, and um, hopefully you also attract good people too. And precisely. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the definition of short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, you don't have to look very far in the NFL to see toxic organizations yeah. and toxic yeah, cultures. Totally. And like it just, totally. it, it um it trickles down and it impacts everything and so yes um, you do not want to be um you do not want to be i was going to name a, a team but i just i don't want to bully the no. Detroit lions like that <laughs> yeah there you go there you go poor lions yeah. hey listen the lions have a shot man uh the vikings are going to have a first time gm and head coach the bears going to have a first time gm and head coach the packers may very well lose their franchise qb wide receiver one and have to do a full-scale kind of tear-down rebuild. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but who freaking knows, man? Yeah, they, they they got a shot to ascend here. I and I would say there's there's I, I joke with the Detroit Lions. I like I think there's worse organizations out there in the NFL, far worse, um, far worse. So I yes. it, I certainly do not think that the Detroit Lions have are the the poster of of bad organizations in in any sense. Um, no. Good. Well, we can wrap up there. Um, quick minnesota wild update they're heading into the all-star break um what was to be the olympic break and we all know that's no longer the case which is disappointing but um just kind of the nature of the world right now um right now the minnesota wild sit third in their division if you go strictly by points uh, but by point percentage they uh, they certainly leapfrog uh, nashville um, being only one point back from, of them but um but still having five games in hand so um, yeah, it yeah. Uh, got Kaprizov in the all-star game and Cam Talbot, which I'm sure to a lot of Minnesota wild fans um, is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I think if you look at that division, there's certainly maybe your uh, goalies that are more deserving. Um, but you know what, regardless, like they've, they've got these two guys and I don't know, Kyle, about the all-star game for you. Like, I don't care a whole lot, but I'm going to watch because I like, watching like there's no other hockey on so um i am curious because it is in vegas this year um 
it's going to be, I'm interested to see what these challenges are. And sometimes with the NHL, they, they create some new challenges, new gimmicks with the all-star game. Uh, and sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Uh, by the time this is out, people will have watched it and, and, uh, and seen, but I will be watching. I don't, I'm not, I haven't set my, my, uh, my alarm or anything for it, but it will be interesting to see. And I, I think that it'll just be a, a nice um, stage for someone like Kaprizov to really show his, his skill. Cause I think a lot of people know about him, but uh, in some ways he's probably still a little bit of um, could be underappreciated by, uh, by some people. Yeah. Right on. Fair enough. Um, and, and last stat that I saw uh, last night that I think is, is interesting to worth and worth highlighting. Uh, Matthew Boldy has played 10 games now has 10 points, uh, which is, which is quite, uh, quite encouraging really. Uh, and I know that they, they kind of said like Kaprizov had eight points in his first 10 games. So like, who knows? Um, <laughs> so Sam saying Boldy's going to be better. I yeah. saw people already talking like, Oh no, Boldy's going to earn more than Kaprizov and contract yeah. negotiations. Yeah, right, and, uh, right. You know what? Hold the horses. Enjoy, enjoy the time. Enjoy the fun. Um, yep. A great prospect. Going to be a good part exactly. of this team moving forward. So Cal, yep. uh, any last uh, plugs, words of wisdom? Go Bengals. No, go Rams. Uh, otherwise, PTSD.com is where I do most of my work. And uh, you know, stay safe out there. Hope, hope everyone's doing okay. We appreciate you listening. Even oh, to the so. end, if you hear this, you really, you know, stuck with us. Yeah, just reason. wait. In, in a couple of years, we're going to be doing three-hour pods. So um, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Exactly. En- enjoy these times when we, we stay concise. 25-minute crap. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, enjoy your weeks. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, everyone.